Today, my guest is a real Renaissance woman. She's a real estate professional, as well as a mom, avid cyclist, mayonnaise addict, fisherman, gardener, ceramic artist, patriot, bow hunter, thrill seeker, swimmer, wannabe foodie, and a lover of people, music, and good times. She graduated Reed Spring High School and spent her 20s traveling all over the world as a helicopter rescue swimmer with the Navy, attending five, yes, five colleges, and then she came back to what she calls the prettiest place on the planet, Table Rock Lake. And at the age of 27, she obtained her realtor and broker's licenses and now is, uh, has, has racked up 16 years in the real estate industry. And if you haven't guessed it already, my guest is Ann Ferguson. Stick around. Visit Table Rock, the official podcast of Table Rock Lake, with your host, Mark Newsom. Well, Anne, welcome to the show. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about yourself as far as... Uh, your experience in real estate. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I, um, I was in the military, got out of the military, went to DC, didn't really like the big city life. My mom talked me into coming back here and getting into real estate. Uh, she was in real estate for over 30 years with her own company. Um, I never liked real estate agents, so <laughs> I really wasn't into it, but she finally got me here. So I've been in real estate now, broker, for 16 years. I think I've known you almost 16 years. I think years. so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you were one of the first people I met at a chamber function one time in Kimberling City. Mm -hmm. And so. That's right. And, uh, and you've been going strong pretty much ever since. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We started off at Mom's uh, Ozarks Real Estate. And in 2000, I think it was 10, Keller Williams came in and, and my mom became an owner with them. Oh, okay. And we were, we've been here ever since. And how, how big is your team? Well, right now we have six girls on the team. Mm -hmm. We have four admin that in the office full-time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a uh, Tiana, who's my listing assistant. Nikki's the buyer's agent. And uh, we, we're actually looking for a showing assistant right now for Nick. So she's so busy. So you got things really stacking deep right now. Yeah, I feel like we I feel like we finally kind of dialed it in. It took a long time and a lot of leaps of faith and and we went through some people. But uh you know, we have a really great group of girls. They get along really well. We were just out last night on the lake surfing together, which cool. is really neat. We all kind of enjoy to do the same and, thing. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the girls do CrossFit and Cool. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I uh I am impressed every time I uh, call to talk to you or make a, an appointment or whatever, there's always somebody there to take care of it and get back with me and leave a message. And, mm -hmm. and uh, Penny and I were just talking about that this morning, how there's a lot of people that just aren't very attentive and <laughs> they kind of leave you dangling and you're like, 
are they ever going to call me back? Am right, I ever going to yeah. hear back from them? What's going on? Well, so, uh, my mom always said that this is like, a, a, number one, a customer service business. Yeah. And then number two, marketing. You know, everybody thinks, oh, we're salesmen. It's not really any no. sales to it. People are going to find the house that they love and we're just there to make it a smooth transition, you know. And that's kind of the, what I didn't see from the outside when I was like, I don't like real estate agents. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, timeshare or car salesman. Car or, you salesman. Know, or, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, tell me about last year. I know that that kind of uh, sparked uh, a lot of uh, things in a lot of different segments of different industries and all that, but particularly in real estate. The, I mean, you heard all sorts of stuff on the news about people spending a lot of time at home and telecommuting. And then once they were in their home for longer periods of time, they started looking around and either doing remodeling or deciding you know what? I think we need a new house. Mm -hmm. So did you see a lot of really different things happening last year? Yeah. Whenever the COVID thing came out, I, I was like, sweet, we're all going to have a vacation, right? Because we're all at home and, and we're just going to get to sit around and, and do Netflix. I don't know. So it didn't happen that way. It was like a week of slowness. And then all of a sudden, the market just got ignited. It was set on fire and we we all were just busier than my mom always said a one-legged ditch digger. Mm -hmm. But we had, you know, I think that a lot of people were, yes, like working from home. But it seems like since our market's primarily a second home retirement market that people were saying, okay, you know what? Life's short. Let's go ahead and retire early. Let's go ahead and get that lake house. Mm -hmm. And we're still seeing it right now. It's like people have kind of, you know, become more more excited about life and doing what they, you know, love and, and mm -hmm. have, have, have always wanted to do. Something you just touched on and I wanted to kind of go over since the podcast is about Table Rock Lake, mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to focus on, on lakefront property more than anything or Lakeview, you know what mm -hmm. I'm talking about. But yeah. um, if, if someone is looking for a second home and then eventually planning on that second home being uh the place where they retire and they're not from around this area. Let's say they're from Kansas city or St. Louis or Dallas or whatever. How do you handle working with those people long distance? Uh, I know technology's changed considerably over the last decade or so with, mm -hmm. you could even do like zoom conferencing and things like that. But how do you f get people into the property when they can't just jump in a car and drive here every other day to visit with you and go out and look at property and all that. How do you we are doing a lot? Of, yeah, we're doing a lot of virtual showings right now, and, and there's a lot of sight unseen offers too. Mm -hmm. um, and and people are doing the sight unseen, waving appraisal, waving inspection, and going over full price. You know, it's so competitive. But another thing. You know, we only, my team, we really only focus on the west side of Table Rock Lake. You know, mm -hmm. I have friends and we list in Branson every once in a while, but we're really, you know, kind of the 265 or Indian Point west, uh, and we stay like in the kind of the Stone County area. And the lake, like out of Kimberling City, we sold 50 of the 150 homes. So we're really kind of a niche market here, but we do a ton of professional photography and video and we really hunt out talent for that and and i just feel like if you can portray the property like how it is here when you're here on vacation mm -hmm. then people have a better understanding and sure and it justify you know the property helps the property well my daughter and her husband just sold their house in portland oregon mm -hmm. and i think she was thinking it might be just exclusive to that area mm -hmm. 
And I said, no, it's kind of a nationwide thing right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they put their house on the market for considerably more than what they paid for it nine years ago mm-hmm. uh, and ended up people making offers on it were getting into a bidding war mm-hmm. and they ended up getting considerably more than even the high asking price that they were Oh yeah, Nikki had for, so. two yesterday. She made offers on both lakefront and they both went over 50,000 mm-hmm. and I know that because Nikki made an offer for 50,000 over and she didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And I just recently sold my house which I said I never would, not lakefront or lakeview but across the street from the water. I even had some agents come out and look at it. And they told me a price because I thought maybe I was emotional. Mm-hmm. And it ended up going, you know, for what I wanted to put it up for, which they said was too high. Yeah. <laughs> Cash, no appraisal. Like, yeah. And then it's we crazy. had a backup offer for 20000 over. But yeah. It so is. what do you think's driving that? Just COVID or uh, and, and all of the things that we've it, been through over the last 17 yeah, months? Or I do. So? <laughs> I, I do. I think people are just, like I said, they're finally, they're just, they're ready to make that leap of faith. And they're, they're not going to wait around anymore, you know. So what happens... If you sell your house for considerably more than what the market value would have been just a couple of years ago, and then you want to replace that either immediately or within the next couple of years, how's that going to impact things? I mean, are you going to get into a situation where you have to wait for that curve to come back down in order to get into something even better than what you sold for the same amount of money? Or, You know, a lot of my folks are especially the people that live here full time Mm -hmm. are selling their house now and then going in to live with a relative or rent. And we don't have a lot of rentals here. I mean, the rental market's even worse than the inventory for our residential, but the, um, like I'm living with my sister Mm -hmm. and her and her husband in in their loft and I'm going to build. And of course we have to wait for the construction prices, which are going down now. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of people are building, yeah, I just heard the news the other day where the lumber prices are finally coming back down. They got mm-hmm. way sky high, mm-hmm. and and now they're starting to come down. And, and we just recently bought a bunch of building materials, and uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, as they say. Yeah. And it would have been so nice to know because some of the projects we have around the house could wait until another time. But um, on Lakefront itself, when, when you're listing uh, Lakefront property in particular, uh, do you find people who are are looking at a second home but also wanting that to be income property or are they strictly just buying it and leaving it vacant until they can come down and enjoy it on weekends? Do you ever follow up with people after they buy something or maybe even know as you're selling it to them? We get the call every day for somebody who wants to buy a lakefront house and do a nightly rental. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gotten pretty difficult to get the zoning for that i mean you can do it um there's just certain things that the county looks for you have to go in front of the board you have to fill out an application they send a letter out to everybody within a thousand feet of the house Mm -hmm. then they have a hearing oh wow and you have to change your zoning so you can't just buy something outside the city limits and list it with verbo and you're not supposed to no okay um you they, I see them passing them every once in a while, and there are properties that have been grandfathered in in Stone County, but Taney County has now started a thing where if you have it zoned and you sell the house, then the person that buys the house has to get it rezoned again. Has they, It doesn't transfer with the property, the zoning. So what's the All process the always. When, when you get somebody that comes in and says, we're ready to sell and we want you to be our, uh, our seller agent or mm-hmm. whatever, um, what kind of 
instructions do you give them or what kind of direction do you give them as far as staging and and just the, the whole ball of wax yeah you know you have to you have to be careful because you walk into someone's house and you don't want to call their baby ugly so <laughs> we have like we have ways to handle it kind of kid glovish and we have tiana who's my listening assistant and she's like tinkerbell tiny little thing with a sweet little voice and she'll walk in there and she'll just be like i don't like this you know really sweet and they listen to her you know or sometimes i can gently say you know let's put away the cupid dolls and the unicorns we got to get you know get that out of here (laughs) and you know the personal pictures because people get into the house they start looking at people's personal pictures and they're not focusing on the house you know Mm -hmm. so there's just ways of staging we also have a professional stager that does staging for our clients and she's super affordable and I can guarantee you'll make tens of thousands of dollars more using a stager for your home. Oh, yeah. I did for mine. I mean, I my stuff is okay. My dog chewed on my couch, that kind of thing. So I was like, get it out of here. Everything I had left, put it in a storage unit, brought in new furniture. It was like $2,000, but ultimately really did make uh, us do. more money, I think, because it, it looked and smelled new, yeah. you know, like yeah. HGTV. And I don't live HGTV. We watch that all the time. <laughs> yeah. And that is one of the common things they, they say is to, to hire a professional stager to come in and make it look pretty mm-hmm. and don't have any personal effects mm-hmm. in there, not family photos hanging on the wall or anything like that. So let them come in and dress it all up mm-hmm. so that it shows very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so a lot of the listings that you have now, do you have people in those homes or are they vacant where you can show them? without any kind of uh, heads up to the owner? Or? I would say a majority of our homes are Occupied. empty. Empty? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and every once in a while, I'll, I'll help some, like my friend Laura is selling her house, so I'm going to front her the money to stage it because I just know that it's going to make it move that much quicker. And she's moved out too. I found her a rental to move into. Because right. yeah, if you're not in the house and you're cooking, you know, eggs or bacon and you know mm-hmm. spicy Thai or food tuna, or something tuna or... <laughs> yeah it's just it's it's better to, have to be out of the house I think yeah yeah um what advice can you give people that are first-time buyers that are buying around Table Rock Lake as they're I'd say I don't know I say just do your research and make and make sure that you're you know hiring a professional and that knows the area and um and be patient but you know, if you see something you like, jump on it. Don't wait because yeah. this isn't the market to do that in. We have so many people. Nikki's writing five, six, seven contracts for one person right now. Wow. And it takes a while for people. To, they come here because they, you know, we're kind of a smaller area. and Maybe they're coming from a larger city where the market's really hot. But they feel like, well, maybe I could ask less for this house. And it's just not the market to do that in. We had a friend that was looking for a property between here and Joplin. And a uh, single guy wanting to buy someplace out in the country and he's he's got cash and he was thinking that cash would talk but i i we we tried to convince him later that uh that that's probably not true the the seller really doesn't care where the money's from as long as they get the money in their pocket yeah i think you're right there i think that the one thing i see a lot of in offers right now is that people will you know get a conventional loan on a property but then in the offer say you know if it's if it comes in below appraisal that the the buyer will pay the difference that way they can win the offer right if they're going up against somebody that's cash that's probably the best thing to do so with regards to bidding wars and things like that um where you have a budget and you have a range and you know 
basically how much money you can spend, but you don't know how much to actually put out there as your initial offer and be the winning better, I guess. How, how do you handle stuff like that? Well, that's another really great reason to have, have a real estate agent on your side. Now we're doing escalatory clauses where uh, you can escalate your bid. So say Nikki puts in the offer for 50000 over the list price, and you know there's four other offers that come in. Nikki puts in an escalatory clause that says that she will go, you know, in thousand dollar increments over the next offer, an additional thirty thousand. So if somebody comes in, puts an offer in at three hundred and fifty one thousand, and Nikki was at three fifty, hers automatically goes to three hundred and fifty two thousand, and so on until until that cap, that is cap reached. has reached. Mm-hmm. And then once it's reached, then. All bets are right. Off. Then, if right. somebody bids over that amount, even then, yeah. of course you're you know you Would lose you out on up? the house. But that 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 has helped a lot of our clients get the house they want. You know, just that one simple clause. I, I and, think people need to be prepared. Mm-hmm. They really do. They need to pull out the stops and say, if I really want this, mm-hmm. they always say not to buy emotionally. You know, right. But nowadays, you kind of you got to think about it in other terms like mm-hmm. do you really 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 want this and if you do then you need to be prepared to come to the table with a s- substantial amount of buffer i guess right to- and, and definitely get somebody that like we talked about earlier that knows the area because you know you got to protect your resale potential yeah. you know you don't want to get get silly about it right, right. <laughs> definitely make sure you're making you know the right investment in the correct property in the right area that you know can you can protect your investment in, in the future that's that's another scary thing about buying a long distance if you're not from the area. And you, of course, around here it's probably a little easier because the reason people buy here is because they vacationed here, they visited here, and they mm-hmm. love it, and that's why they want to buy here. And, and so it's kind of different than a lot of other places. You know, if you're going to find a rural place in Kansas, for instance, it would be different than what we deal with here. But when somebody comes to this area and they buy or they're looking to buy. Um, having a professional in their corner like you, you can advise them of, well, you know, that's not the best place to be uh, as far as Resale. utilities, resell. Yeah. There's the location for their family, you know, how far are they from Silver Dollar City? Yeah. The attractions that they, they're interested in. And I like sure. it. I like the fact that you kind of keep your, your base limited to a specific area that makes it easier for you guys to be attentive to your clients needs as well absolutely that's one thing we never wanted to do is we always were kind of a small thing just me and nikki you know yeah um but yeah we try we try not to spread ourselves too thin if you had a showing over in branson and then one in shell knob in the same day you're doing all driving yeah (laughs) and that's why that's why i don't you know i really don't show property anymore even to friends and family they were like and i'm coming coming here from florida or colorado Mm -hmm. and i want you to show me some real estate and i'm like really guys this you know that's not what i i'm i i that's not what my best the time that i have is probably better for for listening if you were going to list a home you know, call me because I know that process inside out. But since, you know, for the last seven years, Nikki's been with me and she's, she's shown the buyers, she understands that process. And mm-hmm. this, they're two completely different hats. So how many closings do you have a week on average right oh now? Oh my goodness. I don't even know. I don't even want to guess. I don't, I think that, you know, for, for this week, yeah. you know, um, and, la- and like last week we put up a bunch of listings and we put four under contract. So how many closings can you do in one day? Because I know oh, that I paperwork. Know. Last time yeah. I did a closing. Oh my goodness! Um, but we have like the most incredible 
closing people like our title companies are really great around here and they do all of the, the really hard work mm-hmm. honestly um but and and then the girls in the office you know cassandra especially tiana and jamie and ariel you know they make sure all of the stuff is working on the back end but i mean you know we've had a we've had a week where we've had 18 closings you know so literally. right now with things going but, at that rapid of a pace you mm-hmm. probably have to use multiple title companies and stuff oh yeah just because the market is so yeah, for sure. And, you know, Curious. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of our folks are mail out because we're a second home retirement area. Yeah. And so people have already moved on or they live in a different state. So we do a lot of a lot of closings by mail still. So a lot of them. And so I don't, like this morning I had a closing by mail and I didn't go to it. Wow. So, well, yeah. sounds efficient though. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Cool. So if, if you're in Kansas City, for instance, and, and you're looking at property, you're showing them property down here on the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing how tight things are, knowing that things are going above, you know, list price and things like that. Um, what are the steps they need to do? They need to get their all of their mortgage pre-approved yes. and have everything ready to go so that uh, if it does get into a bidding war, then they're ready to go. And they, so you advise them on uh, if their budget is say seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Do you advise them that they probably need to be budgeted for something? You know, fifty thousand dollars over that, just in case they really want that more than anything. Is that something that uh, that that you would let them know in advance? Because especially if if they're three or four hours away, um, and and it gets to that point where there's five other offers on something, mm-hmm. uh, who has the best chance of winning? The the person that's pre-approved and has the money to. Mm-hmm. The person that's pre-approved has the money understands you know the market and the price ranges mm-hmm. and not looking for a deal right now yeah. and and then somebody that has a good agent that can jump on top of the, the listing that sees it like Nikki gets notifications immediately to her phone when a new listing comes on the market and that way she can you know call her buyer's assistant and they can just start calling people you know, and not, you know, there's not, and not everybody is a full-time agent. So just make sure you have somebody that does it seven days a week. Yeah. So then you, you don't miss out on something. And sometimes those websites on online, I'm not going to mention any names, but you know, <laughs> oh, don't say it, my ears. but uh, necessary evil, right? But, um, I think that there's a lot of misinformation on the internet with anything, not yeah. just real estate. Uh, so make sure that you're getting something directly from an agent in the MLS, because that's that's where all the correct information is. I mean, we put literally in a dozen documents on our listings. We're kind of one of those groups that likes to overkill on the information. Mm-hmm. So when the agent does go to the house, they have all of it with them and they don't have to call us asking questions. They have it all right in their hands. And we even put the marketing packets in the house in case they forget to bring a, a GIS map aerial of the, the, mm-hmm. the image overhead image of the property or the seller's disclosure. It's in the house. But yeah, you got to make sure you have somebody with all the information in a market like this. So you're saying that there's several people that are waiving um, home inspections? Yeah, that seems I know. scary to it me. Is. Yeah, I mean, I even yeah, I would I recommend it get a home inspection for sure. I do on mine. Um, whenever or at I'm least uh, try inspecting it yourself by right. crawling underneath it and looking for. I think a lot of people know. aren't like necessarily waiving the home inspection altogether. They're just uh, not asking, saying they're not going to ask for. You know, compensation for compensation or repairs. Yeah. You know, they, they say, okay, we'll, we'll get an inspection to make sure the house is structurally sound, yeah. but we're not going to, you know, ask for, you know, cracks in the concrete to be filled in your driveway or, 
you know, paint, mm-hmm. you know, to be touched up. Or Are there very many lake front or lake view properties on the market right no, now? No, no. <laughs> they're gone. Yeah, right? yeah, they're gone. It's it's wild. We we put up one yesterday, and it has o- almost a dozen showings on it mm-hmm. set up. We have and we have one going live today, also lakefront in the same area. But you know, we yeah we have to put time limits even on the offers so we can make sure and give enough give people enough time to say you know to see that it's the offers are coming. There's going to be a deadline for the offers, and so they can get here. Mm-hmm. You know, we we try to give them like five days, and say, okay, the sellers will make a decision on the fifth day, and that way they're like, okay, well, we better get down there and check it out mm-hmm. instead of just waiting to make plane t- ticket arrangements and get babysitted for the kids or whatever. They they have uh, have to get have to get down here. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, even before COVID, the street we live on. Uh, two or three houses sold. Uh, a couple of them sold more than once over the last five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them sold in three days. One of them sold in a couple of weeks. Another one sold in about a month. A lot of that, I guess, has to do with uh, the asking price uh, up front. But let's say two years ago before COVID um, and, and this big boom in, in, in yeah. selling property, uh, let's say a, a Lakeview house would be Oh. Listed for two hundred fifty thousand yeah. now. How much would it go for possibly oh, my in today's market? I, you know, it all depends on the view and the yeah. location. But um, it's I'd say it's pretty hard to touch Lakeview under three. You know, yeah. now um, and Lakefront four. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's getting really hard to find a Lakefront house for three. Yeah. I saw one come up last week. It's gone. And then probably forget. Having a, a a slip that you can buy. Like. Oh, that's yeah. The slips have gone insane. I mean, I bought my slip for the the Skipper House in uh, four years ago for seventeen thousand from my old shop teacher in mm-hmm. high school, Mister Nelson. And sold it for fifty. I so. sold it for forty five. Yeah. yeah. But now they're going for fifty. Yeah. And that's just a couple months later. Isn't that crazy. It is. Yeah. Wow. And it's you know our lake is protected by the Corps of Engineers, and they don't want you know. We're, it's a reservoir first. It wasn't meant right. for. Mm-hmm. It's for flood risk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there, not, there's not a whole lot of red zoning left, and the red zoning that's available is you know way you know out where it's hard to get to Shell Knob Stallion Bluff or something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the boat slips are just going to go up in price, supply and demand. Do you ever see this starting to settle down anytime soon? I know I, I had an interview with Nick Cruz at Table Rock Boats, and we were talking mm-hmm. about supply chain issues in that industry yeah, and yeah. how they're out of inventory and a lot oh, yeah. of boat dealers are out of inventory uh, on the lake here and uh, one of the things that he had mentioned was is that he thought maybe about another 18 months from now things would start to get back in line with all of that do you see real estate being one of those things that that might level out just a little bit over the next year and a half two years yeah i don't think it's going to climb like it has yeah. as quickly very much longer. I feel like it'll stay strong, but I don't know how much more growth and pricing. Yeah. Like that's So what's the fastest uh, turnaround you've had on a listing <laughs> as far as selling it? Um, well, uh, Nikki and I saw, an, <laughs> saw a house come up on Hilltop that Nellie had, mm-hmm. and we bought it in like two hours. We gave him a two-hour response time. <laughs> Because we it was we were just like that's too good of a deal, so yeah. we jumped in there and made an offer. And a lot of people do that, but I think that you know the, the agents are now giving more time for response. But that was right right when the market, that was the quickest. So, 
There, there's also that option of uh, not listing it publicly, I guess. And you hear, you know, like people in Hollywood doing that with their mansions and things like that. But oh. have you ever had uh, customers say, you know, we really don't want our neighbors knowing that we're, you know, going to sell our house. And uh, but we want you to sell it for us and then do it on a, like a private showing only and give it a, a expiration date of, you know, a week or two. You're only going to show it so many times between now and next Friday and then take the best offer and run yeah. with that or? No, not really. They, you know, we have a, a thing in our market now that's called clear cooperation agreement. Mm-hmm. So we if we have a property that's, you know, listed that that somebody wants to put on the market we are not allowed to tell people real estate, other real estate agents and, and things if we have a property for sale. Um, so like we have like we have people like in a pipeline that are getting ready to sell. Mm-hmm. But everybody I've talked to, I've convinced them to go ahead and put it on the market because you know we don't have to put a sign in the yard. That I the one on Twin Rivers we're putting up today that's lakefront. They don't want a sign in the yard because they don't want their neighbors to know. Yeah. Right, but. You know, their neighbors are going to eventually know because they're going to have a ton of traffic. <laughs> they're going to have a U-Haul truck. <laughs> they're going to have a U-Haul truck in their yard. But, um, you know, I can I convince people to go ahead and get it onto the MLS because, you know, like Keller Williams, they have over 80,000 websites and search engines. So, you know, once you put it onto the MLS, it gets, like, auto-populated to all of these tens of thousands of websites. So, like, if they if they were to not put it on the MLS, they would be missing out on so much traffic, mm-hmm. you know, and, and possibly a bidding war. And that like, why? MLS got a lot bigger a few years yeah, back, too. Yeah, it did, yeah. Southern Missouri. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that helps, too. But so, like, you're cutting out. Like, you're cutting out all of the potential buyers because there are so many agents, too, in our market now, mm-hmm. and they're all working with different buyers. And if you don't have it on the MLS, one of those buyers might miss out on it. If you have okay. a buyer from, say, St. Louis mm-hmm. or just, you know, out of the area, do you – ever run into situations where they have their own realtor uh, in, in St. Louis that oh, they've gosh, known yeah. and then they want the two of you to work together. Oh yeah. So how, yeah, does, how does that work out? It works great. You know, I feel like we have a really great working relationship with agents from even out of the, out of the area and referrals. They, sometimes they send St. Louis has sent us, a t- especially the Keller Williams office there has sent us a ton of referrals mm-hmm. um, for both listings and buyers. And, and, you know, we try to convince an agent to let us work with it, you know, do a referral because it's just easier because we know the market and end up doing a lot of the work because we know the market, you know, the boats, the bill of sale and the title and, and just the way the contractors work down here, electric, water, you know, internet, all of that. Um, but yeah, we, we love working with, with agents from Kansas City and St. Louis and we do, we do sell a lot of houses to agents from those areas personally for their own lake homes. You know, when we first looked uh, at buying back in 05, mm-hmm. when we bought our house, <clears throat> one of the things that uh, we lucked out with was the realtor that we hired back then um, was really good about sending us links to things because we were in the Dallas-Fort Worth area at the time. And we would drive up 430 miles to, to spend an entire Saturday viewing property and all that. But you run the wheels off the realtor's car. We started getting to a point where we really felt guilty. Mm-hmm. And we looked at so many different properties. And then the very last one, which is one that we found on our own mm-hmm. and suggested to the realtor that we go by there and see, just lucked out that the, the people that owned the house were, were there. And we went in and that was the one we ended up buying. And when we got in there, you know, we 
we fell in love with it and said, yes, finally, you know, we got this. But um, when people get ready to sell uh, property in this area uh, and they, they've they already moved on somewhere else, do you run into situations where people want to leave it furnished and then say, we want you to sell everything, including the furnishings? Oh, is, yeah. that, mm-hmm. is that difficult? Is there something that you have to do differently when you sell a home that has a shed with a mower in it and, yeah. you know, things like that. You know, I always tell people we do sell a lot of furnished property and it seems like people, you know, like it. We're selling a lot more furnished property these days than we ever have. Yeah. It's weird. But I think that, you know, what I tell people is, you know, I'm a real estate professional, not mm. a boat salesman or right. a car salesman uh-huh. or used furniture salesman. So uh, what I like to tell people is, you know, you know what this means to you, how much it's worth mm. in your mind. And, you know, I can give them kind of a ballpark if maybe, but, you know, ultimately they need to think, you know, what is it going to, what, what does it mean to them? Especially with the boats. I mean, my boat, I bought for like $6,000 with the trailer mm-hmm. and now we just sold it for 17000 Like it went way over NADA value. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in my mind I thought, well, I'll ask that for it. And that's what I got. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that, that kind Crazy. of thing with the boats or the side-by-sides or anything mm-hmm. like that, if that's, you know, if they really liked their camouflage side-by-side, you know, maybe they could get ten thousand dollars for it, but they they got to put a price tag on it. What it means right. to them, because they if they don't want it, if they don't get that amount, they could take it with them. You know, same with the furniture. There's there's another age old thing that mm-hmm. that I've heard as long as I can remember is when you when you're getting ready to sell your property and you have friends and neighbors come by and they go, oh, you know what, nobody's going to buy this with this color carpet. It needs hardwood in it or something like that. And then somebody convinces the, the seller to rip out all the carpet and then put hardwood in. And then I've heard realtors say over the years that then they sold it and the owners didn't like the color of the hardwood oh, wow. and they rip it out and change it into something else. Huh. So when when you go into property that is dated and all it would take is maybe a, a minor investment to really kind of make it show better. Uh-huh. I'll do let you, them know. Do you? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, so especially if they have green shag carpet. Oh, gosh, yeah, I tell them. And, some, you know, sometimes it doesn't go over very well, but, you know, you have to spend money to make money. Yeah. I mean. But what if it's in good condition but just um, maybe it's the wrong color or something? Do you still think that they should no. spend the money or just? It just needs, yeah. It, it just depends needs, on the circumstances. Guess, yeah, I guess, I guess it does yeah. kind of just depend, yeah. <laughs> Well, I know you're a very, 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 very busy woman, You're probably busier than a lot of them out there. But uh, uh, I always ask my guests uh, if they have any funny or uh, interesting stories to tell about their business, you know. Do you, do you throughout all these years you've oh been doing gosh. real estate? You don't have to mention names. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get, yeah, I don't know. There's so many. I mean, but from locking myself out on decks without my, you know, super key when we had a super back there and having to scale down decks, or I've locked my phone and super key inside of a house with oh, my no. clients and couldn't get, you know, couldn't get to my car or anything. Mom, mm-hmm. mom had to save me. But I think the number one, <laughs> we walked in one time when somebody was getting out of the shower and didn't have the, yeah. I don't know what happened, but <laughs> they, we had called for a showing request. And you really got a showing. We really did get a showing request. And it was funny because the people we walked in with, you know, it was um, it, it was a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And they ended up making an offer on the property. So to this day, we joke about, <laughs> you know, how 
how that might have helped make the sale. But you don't recommend coming <laughs> no, out of the shower at a show. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> no, but yeah, there's all kinds of great things. I mean, real estate, the great thing about real estate is there's a different, it's a different day. Every day is a different day. You never have the same thing happen twice, which is, it can be stressful, <laughs> but also a lot of fun. Um, so I really enjoy it, and I know my girls do too. And and they have a whole a whole bunch more stories, especially okay. Nikki, showing. So, <laughs> well, maybe she can be my guest this time next year. Yeah, that, that <laughs> we'll be, get an update. Yeah, that'd be fun. You should interview everybody on the team because everybody yeah. has their own job. You know, oh, yeah. I'm just listings, but uh-huh. you know, Nikki does the buyers, and Tiana's got her own thing, and yeah. Cassandra definitely with the paperwork. So well, I, I've I can't remember who I talked to yesterday, but. Um, she left me a voicemail about this appointment for uh-huh. today yeah. and everything. She's real helpful. That's but uh, anyway, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your super busy schedule to do this for Absolutely. me. I've, I've always uh, thought highly of you, and you know uh, that. Uh, I, I think that you're a wonderful person. Thank you. And, and uh, I just, I was, I've been looking forward to doing this for a long time because uh, real estate's such a hot topic right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though it's sad that there's not a lot of lakefront and lakeview listings, hopefully that'll change over the next few years. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to build new listings. Yeah, not lakefront. <laughs> you know, not lakefront, mm-hmm. yeah. So you can only only have so much land and so many houses around there and everything. But uh, thank you so much for all yeah, of this. I appreciate thank it. thank you. All right. Alrighty. Have a good that's, weekend. You too. All that, right. That's a wrap. <laughs> all right. Thanks for tuning in to Visit Table Rock, the official podcast of Table Rock Lake. We hope you'll subscribe and be sure to check out our website at visittablerock.com.